And I want to welcome everybody to the wonderful world of Benjamin Jeremy Stein. We are all on location tonight. Locations unknown, locations untold. It's like a Twilight Zone episode. And there he is from Young Voices of America. Welcome back as always. You got to you gotta unmute yourself, Nate Hodgman. Um, how are you tonight, sir? And I got to tell you something very interesting, Gary, before I get to everybody, is that my mother, and, and Ben could understand this a little bit, when you grow up in a, in a I, I don't know if Ben could understand this, but my geography was countries that hated Jews. And um, also, I was, I was very taught about Ger German or Jewish names. And Hockman, we were discussing, until last show, we didn't know if, um, we didn't know we were debating until you said, um, you're, anyways, there you are, Nate Hockman from Young Yeah, Place I'm, I'm a German Jew, which is, uh, you know, it's an odd uh, confluence of identities, but. Uh, yes, you're a Jew that has lived with liberal parents, you're a conservative that moved, that lived, that moved to now the most Republican part of Oregon. And right. also, let's thank everybody that's in the chat room. Let's also welcome from the simplelifenow.com, Gary Collins, the one of the best podcasters in America, served this country for over 20 years, stone cold, a fox, and a great Russian fan, and shirt. Great Russian. Russian Another fan. shirt. Another shirt. And uh, you see, here's a good thing. Somebody brought up the name Wolf. And if it ends with an E, it's usually not Jewish because it's Wolf A. Um, but of course, this show would not be complete without the man, the myth, the legend, provocateur, scientist, hedonist, doctor, doctor, doctor. doctor biochemist, and of course, America's humble servant, America's teacher, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. We salute you, Mr. Stein. And of course, let's welcome everybody to this. Let's welcome everybody to this Sunday night show. If you could hear my voice is a little in and out. Um, but one of the things I wanted to get to right away was, um, I don't want to get to the awards or that stuff because it, it almost reminds me of like, if somebody wins an award, it's like the tree in the forest and it falls. Does anybody actually hear it? Oh, ben, that's very, very good. Very, very good. Very good. Very good. But Ben Stein, I want to get to you about something because I was on, a, I was on a phone. I want to get to all of you and get your opinions. You can hear my voice a little in and out. But I want to get all your opinions because I was on a on a phone call with a friend of mine, and you and I, Ben, lately also have been very down on how change could happen, and we've become very soft. And I, I look at how a country oh, oh, oh. I look at how a country Ben could get unified again. And as I'm looking at the foreign policy blunders and future blunders of this administration. I can't help but thinking they're creating another path for another, call it ISIS, call it whatever you want. But their foreign policy is, is, is going to set us back. And I'm scared about our foreign policy right now. But I also think that could, that could bring us together, maybe. Well, I don't see why it could bring us together. But I, <clears throat> the, the reason America was together the most it's ever been during the Second World War was just because the communists and the media in America were all united with fighting for the Soviet Union against the Nazis. We've never been that united again because the communists and the media in America have never been that ordered to play by the rules with America again. That's one. Two. <clears throat> two. Bigger word. Two. Uh, the idea that America is now begging and pleading with the Iranians to let them up uh, play with the Iranians and let the Iranians have nuclear weapons on a scale that would have been undreamt of even eight or nine years ago is, uh, it's, it's horrifying beyond words. There's no reason to believe the Iranians won't use nuclear weapons. They, they, they're not afraid to die. They, they want to die. They like to die. So <clears throat> that's, I'm very, very scared about uh, that situation. I'm very, very scared about the fact that I know, and we all know that President Biden is going to lower the defense budget. We know that. It, it, it's just the way the Democrats are. And it's a very, very serious mistake, but the Democrats tend to do it over and over and over again. So uh, 
Uh, yes, I am very worried about it. How do you think it's going to pull America together again? I'm, I'm dying to find out. Well, I said, but I don't acknowledge him as President Biden. That's first of all. But um, that's for a whole other thing. Um, the reason I bring that up is because after you look and I'll go to after 9-11 happened, the country was unified until GW managed to pull the hat trick of hat tricks and totally scramble his own party and every party and not unify everybody. But Gary, who's served, I don't see how the actions they're taking abroad aren't going to bring. I, I, I'm not hoping for this and I'm not wishing on this forms of terrorism because we already see the Taliban going nuts, you know, with bombings today. I don't see how it doesn't cross shores. That's just my humble opinion, Gary, you being the expert on foreign policy. We have a foreign policy. I didn't even know we had a border uh -huh. at this point. So that's very know. good. Very good. That's very, very good. It's very good. Very yeah. good. And plus, and plus, black lives are the only lives that matter. So it doesn't matter. And everything else is moot. Um, and give everyone knives because it appears that teenagers' knife fighting is very common. And you should not interfere with that because that's just racism. Just kids being I grew up. Just kids being yeah. kids, you know? Who didn't stab someone in the face when they were, you know, 13 years old? Yeah. Well, Very good. I grew up in a small, rough town, and I've seen quite a few fights and maybe been in a couple during my time. I've never seen a fight uh, with a knife. <laughs> and so I, I guess I just grew up in a different place. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, our foreign policy, exactly. You know, we will see a resurgence of ISIS. Um, and it will, I hope not, but the odds are they will cross the border. They probably already have yeah. to be. Honest. Oh, I cross the border into the U S of course they have. I mean, and then that's, that's, coming in over I mean, there. recently they're already here. The cells have been here forever. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of people coming across. We don't know who the heck they are. You don't think ISIS is smart enough to figure out the sound sends them people along calling themselves Jose and Xavier. Of course, of course they are. These guys are not dumb and, and they're, they're vicious, cruel, sadistic, evil, but they're not dumb. I Don't love how you had those names popping off your head, but I want to get to, uh, and I want to get back to this, but I was on the phone with my friend who, who is part of the silent majority. None of us are part of the silent majority because we're loud. And none of us is part. None is a singular pronoun. You do this all the time. Thank you, Mrs. Levin. And Nate, and Nate, I will go to you not being part of the silent majority. I th I'm very scared that what's coming at the border and, what's, and what we're, our foreign policy, what, it, what damage it'll do. And my hope is if anything happens, that can unite us. I hope so, too. Uh, I'm perhaps maybe a little bit more black uh, than you are, Judah, about uh, the, the prospect of uh, American unity. I think um, our partisan divisions represent fundamental and irreconcilable disagreements about not just what the role of politics are or what America means, but literally what it means to be human, right? What it means to be a man and a woman. These are not things that we can overcome. <laughs> Uh, just, you know, if we have sort of a, a, an issue that we can all unify behind, coronavirus should have been that, um, but it couldn't be because, you know, half of the country thought it was okay to sort of live in lockdowns in perpetuity. So, um, you know, the, the last time the country was really unified was after 9-11, where, you know, 90, 95% of America was on board with um, the, the, just with one another, I think, for the first time in decades. If 9-11 happened today, I don't think that we'd have that same kind of unity. Um, and, like and my, that, that, my dear young, 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 young friend, that unity did not last that long. It lasted for a while, but not yeah, that long. Pretty, yeah, pretty soon, the long knife out for Mr. Bush, too. Yeah, it, it, it lasted um, two seconds. And Ben, I go to you, but you know, you you told me about a conversation you had with a loved one. So Nate, I know you don't see this as being unified, but I was in shock and awe over something somebody, a loved one said to Ben or, or told the story of something that happened there. If you care to repeat it, I was quite fascinated. Yeah, a very, very, very intelligent woman is very close to me uh, in a very big Eastern city. And she was talking to some of her friends who are also uh, well-to-do uh, older women, very, very intelligent, well-educated. 
and uh, they were talking about how great it was that the uh, COVID vaccine had gotten out so quickly, and that uh, it was free, it's completely free. And uh, uh, my club one said, that, well, you know who we have to thank for that? And the other two uh, women in the party said, uh, well, Biden, of course. And uh, my loved one said, uh, no, Trump. And uh, she said that the other two uh, women at the table just were, fell completely silent. Could, could, not, could not bring themselves to acknowledge that. Operation Warp, Speed, Operation Warp Speed was a miracle. I mean, it was it was an act of genius. Like it, it was, genius. We, genius. We, I was still, of course, we're, we're never going to have a national reckoning with just how much of an incredible feat it was because of the way that our, our partisan media ecosystem works. But that's precisely why I just don't think we could be unified about something even as, as significant as like an existential foreign policy threat like Iran getting nukes is because of the way that our media works, right? You know, if there's a, the, the border crisis is a perfect example. Half of the country will be reading the New York Times and the Washington Post and watching CNN. And we'll be being told something completely different from the, the reality of the situation. You see that happening on the border where, uh, you know, the New York Times doesn't want to call it a border crisis. And they're, you know, suddenly have lost interest in covering the kids in cages now that uh, the good guys are in charge. It's just, well, just the way that we process our reality now. I, I, I'd like to now go back to something because you're a data guy. Uh, I wonder what percent of America does read the New York Times, and what is the circulation of the New York Times? Not very. It, 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 until not Trump, it, had it not been for Trump, they would have been out of business. Okay, and, so, but, so there's 300. There are roughly 340 million Americans, and what two and a half, three million at most, at most read the New York Times. Uh, so, uh, how much of America is in fact? And this is this. This was going to be. Just so you know, this was going to be the second topic of tonight of where do you get your news sources from, and which I'm very curious about. But I want to get back to this thing a little bit because Trump planned on pulling out the troops, too. But there's a difference between Trump negotiating, Gary, pulling out troops and Biden negotiating, pulling out troops, because Trump pulling out troops and then you screw around with him can lead to a Moab. Biden will lead to absolute capitulation, Gary. Yeah. Well, hold on. I, I just got a pop-up for ISIS Lives Matter, so I want to blend in with the rest of half America and get my shirt. But um, no, I totally agree. The problem is, and you guys know I'm a, I'm a middle ground guy, right? I, I don't belong to either party. I don't really Yes, yes, you're Switzerland. We know, we know. I know. Not really. I'm not Switzerland. I, I'm not a pacifist. Um, I, I, I fight the battles that need to be fought. But with with that, I mean, the problem is the left always likes to let everyone know what they're going to do. When you're dealing with military stra strategic, you know, and moving troops around, you never tip your hand. Never. You never say we're pulling out. You never say any of that. If you're going to pull out, you shut your mouth and you pull the troops out. Because you put everyone in danger, you know, and I just, it pisses me off that they dictate these terms. And even China, did you see that thing? I saw this briefly that China was, was basically telling us how racist we are and that we need to correct our own house of racism before we start pointing the fingers at China. And all of our diplomats sat there like a bunch of pussies and took it. And I couldn't believe it. We're getting terms dictated on human rights by, by China, and we're saying nothing. We agree with them. It's not we're saying nothing. I mean, oh, yeah, we totally agree with them. Our ambassador to the UN, did, I'm sure you guys saw the clip of our ambassador to the yeah. UN saying that we couldn't join the UN Human Rights Council, which has been chaired by Saudi Arabia and North Korea. And Libya at one and Libya and, undone. Right. Yeah. and a variety of other human rights abusers until we deal with the white supremacy that's written into our founding documents, which, by oh the way, God. white so supremacy is not written so. into our founding documents. And by the way, just so everybody knows, Nate is extremely insightful. Nate is extremely brilliant, like you're saying in your chat. We absolutely love him. I wish the show, the last show we did with him, didn't get banned by YouTube, but that it, was it was because of me. But I want to thank, I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to Ben Stein. I want to thank everybody in the podcast room. I mean, in the podcast room, in the YouTube chat. Sorry, my voice is a little off. 
Um, I love your comments. Keep, please keep downloading the podcast. It means the world to us. Um, thank you for coming into this Sunday night special. We're all across the country. It's actually very exciting loving it, doing this. And um, I want to get back. I miss you, Ben. Ben's out of town. And I got to tell people, when Ben's out of town, we don't know if, even if we don't see each other every day, part of me is missing. And, I bet you, sir. And I mean that. It's like, I feel like, but um, even though I know I could always go to Fort Crescent, part of me is always missing. And um, on that note, welcome back to the world of Court Ben Steiner. We're discussing something tonight that I think is extremely important because we've taken Ben Stein as Nate and Gary. I want you guys to well discuss this. We've taken the systemic racism on a national level and we've raised it to, uh, to, to, to a world level at this point, which uh, you're saying about the UN. And that's frightening. Well, are you, I don't know, are you talking to me? You know, I don't yes. stand by there. Are you talking to me? Yeah, you're I'm talking to me? you. I'm talking to you. Are you talking to me? I'm talking to you. Okay. The people who run this country want to humiliate us, want to make us feel less than, uh, want to diminish us, and think that by doing that, they make themselves seem more important. Some very funny guy named Mr. Sears is making a series of videos about victimization about how you make yourself big by pretending to be the victim. <clears throat> so we now have people all over this country who are incredibly privileged people pretending to be the victims and pretending to be the victims of, of, of all things, the most ridiculous thing in the world, the, the totally fake charge of current systemic racism. The people who are running this country right now since uh, January 20th are people who do not like America and want to see America laid low. It's very sad. I'm not sure there's ever been a situation like this in world history, except perhaps at the beginning of World War II when the Nazis invaded France and a great many of the top French officials preferred the Nazis to the Third, to, to the third Republic uh, democracy people in France. So the, other than that, I'm not sure we've ever, ever seen a situation quite like the one we're in now. Well, the complete ignorance too, and the systemic racism, and and you know, I get pretty offended as being called white privilege. Obviously, I grew up poor, poorer than LeBron James, who had him and his mom. People forget had brand new Humvees when he was sixteen. Shut up, Le LeBron James. You're a god. I want to punch that guy straight in the face. He's such an asshole. But I kid you not, that guy is an arrogant, pompous loser. Because that's, but he's an example. The people he supports and the party he supports were the ones who voted in Jim, Jim Crow laws. And not only that, they supported slavery. We had a war over it, and his side was the one who wanted to continue slavery. These people need to pull their head out of their ass, open a textbook, open a real history book, and pay attention. You're on the wrong side. These people are hypocrites. They're calling systemic racism when they were the racist who caused all these rules and laws against blacks. Am I losing my mind? No, you're not. You're not. And I, I'll go to Nate on this. And you're not. And I had the same conversation with my friend on the phone. And my friend, my, my good acquaintance, because Ben's my only friend. <laughs> and, um, and, and I said to him, and, and, and he can't understand, the, you can't get into the psyche of the left. It's nearly impossible to have rational with the irrational. It's an impossibility. So you're having a, a critical thought, Gary. It, there's no critical thinking with their name. It's, it, it's just insane. When you wake up every day and you say, this is how I'm going to think today, how do you discuss that? Well, it's, it's, it's not, I, I think, even that they lack critical thinking because I, I think there are plenty of people on the left who are, you know, intelligent and sort of have uh, you know basic intellectual capacities it's that they're not they're profoundly invested in not look listening to reason they're profoundly invested in not actually listening to your argument because for them it's not about you know rational discourse and the sort of marketplace mm -hmm. about power and this is I mean the and, and you can see like we have collectively decided as a culture and as a society now that certain words shut down discussion and certain words wield an enormous amount of power. 
And when you deploy words like racist or white supremacist or you know any number of other words, um, that has an enormous amount of power because everyone goes, oh, well, you know, if, if it's racist, you know, then we we just shouldn't take it seriously, or you know, that person needs to be excised from polite society. And uh, you know, in, increasingly, that we're, we're seeing this in a variety of other of different mediums like big tech and the universities, and uh, even in our politics, um, we're we're seeing the Overton window of what's being allowed to say constrict, you know, to a smaller and smaller uh, um, a range of what is allowed to be said. And that's because the left isn't actually interested in having a debate where you give your uh, you know, side of the argument, they give their side of the argument, and we sort of reason through it together and we decide on what the best outcome is. It's about power. And I think this is, you know, this, the last point, I, I, there, is, there are a lot of conservatives and Republicans who are still really naive about what is going on in America and what time it is in the United States today, because they still think that we can just, if our ideas are better than theirs and, you know, we make better arguments than they do, well, we'll win in the war of ideas and people will come around. No, this is, this, that's not how this works anymore, right? When they have the media, when they have the technology companies in Silicon Valley, you know, you can make the best arguments in the world with the most beautifully reasoned, logical arguments. It doesn't matter. They don't care. And most Americans increasingly don't have actually access to hear, you know, your side of the argument. So you, we have to think more creatively than just having good arguments and having good ideas. You know, like Mitt Romney standing up and giving a graduate seminar on macroeconomics, you know, it might be interesting, but that's not actually how this works anymore. Uh, and, and we have to actually start thinking that way because a lot of conservatives don't think that way still. Really, and you said. And a seminar on macroeconomics. And I would never even consider having my dog strapped to the top of my car. I wouldn't even consider <laughs> it for a minute, let alone for many hundreds of miles. Look, you guys are still being way too kind to the left in this country. They are basically after control. They're not interested in the Constitution. They're not interested in free speech. The whole business of them and the African-American freedom fighters was always just a ploy by them to get at the moderate uh, free speech people in America. Uh, George Wallace, uh, I, obviously a, a deeply flawed person in many regards, many, many regards. Strom Thurmond, Senator Eastland, many, flawed people in many, many regards, many, many, many regards. Uh, they did allow for free speech. The present crop of leaders on the left just don't allow for free speech. They just are Bolsheviks. Let's not kid ourselves. They are Bolsheviks. They don't believe in free speech. They believe in control. And, and, and this goes back to really, really young people. I have a very, very close friend, an incredibly, incredibly close friend. She's uh, like 10 feet tall and really, really beautiful. And she, she has a daughter who's in, I forget what grade, but some very young grade, fourth, fifth grade, something like that, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Even at that age, they're being brainwashed about what they're allowed to say, what they're not allowed to say. Second, third, fourth grade, being brainwashed at that age. And I'll tell you something else which will stagger you. At dinner tonight, with, uh, some uh, family members, and uh, uh, including their un unbelievably beautiful daughter, who's uh, eight or nine, and who did not know, and lives in affluent neighborhood, did not know what country South Carolina was in. Not, not just where it was on the map, what country South America was in. Sorry, South Carolina was in. This shows kids are not being taught to think at all, even to read a map. They are being taught to raise their hands and say, Sieg Heil. That's it. Sieg Heil environment, Sieg Heil diversity, Sieg Heil women's uh, getting mistreated, Sieg Heil about anything the left says. Or, or civics has been displaced by multiculturalism, right? So while she couldn't place uh, South Carolina on the map, I bet she could practically speak Inca, right? Because we, oh, we don't teach yeah. our children about checks and balances. And I don't know, did you say Inga? Inca? Inca. You know, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I know a girl named Inga who's a checkout girl at the Pavilion supermarket in Malibu, which is really nice. <laughs> Gary, what's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Gary, what say you about this? I don't know, uh, since I grew up with two black parents that um, obviously, because <laughs> me and Kamala Harris are actually related. 
if you didn't notice, I heard so, uh, a guy on Fox News. I, I don't know why I turned that on, but there's a hard. I can't watch any news. There's nothing to watch. But he called Kamala Harris the first black vice president or colored. I don't even know what they and I just went, oh, she's not black. Stop no, I, it. I've been saying that all along. I've been saying that from Yes, we, we, we know you've been saying a lot of stuff all along, Ben. You've been saying stuff for 60 years. You got us beat. Let's just admit it. We're just late. You know, we're coming to the party a little late. We got to talk. Well, but, and that's the problem with the sociopathic mind. Sociopaths never think they're wrong. And also they think they can change the narrative to fit whatever they think. And that's what we're seeing. You're seeing a lot of sociopaths. And I, I worked in the government. I've been around. They're on the right and left. They're all, Washington, D.C. is jam-packed with them. But for some reason, the left has, the really crazy nuts have found their way into the left. And I don't know what we do about this anymore because AOC is about as cr shithouse crazy as you can possibly get. I kid you not. She, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. I love it. I kid you not. And she has the biggest social media following. The youth and, and Gen Z and a lot of millennials think she is intelligent, well-informed, and a person to lead this country. And we are in deep shit if AOC is in this. We really, we really, we really can I, can, you, you know, it, really it's so crazy, funny. Crazy. It, 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 it's, it's so funny you say that, and because and I, I want to go to this point where you're saying, you know, with this whole cancel culture, and a friend of mine was talking about some douche actor named Pat Noswell, and he's one of those little I've never heard of that. He's, he's just an ass, and he's one of those people, he bullies people online, he does all those things, and these, these are cowards that aren't confronted. I'm amazed that I am not calling for this and I am not encouraging this. How has Chuck- Water does it all the time. It's totally fine. How totally has Chuck Todd never fell off his feet? That's my question. How has nobody one time walked up to Chuck Todd and said, or Chuck Todd, and I don't understand. It really baffles me sometimes because these they're bullies. And the only way sometimes Trump Trump handled bullies pretty well, but sometimes bullies, Ben, need to be bullied back. I don't, I've never even heard of Chuck Todd. Who is he? He's the You're guy lucky. from are you being serious? You're joking. I'm very serious. He's very the serious. host. He's the host. He took over for Chris Matthews on MSNBC. He's the least, he's the least bad of all of them. I mean, yeah, he's or Stephanopoulos or any of them. Well, Brian I mean, Seltzer, you know, Jim Acosta. Yeah. Those, those I mean, how, how has Brian Seltzer never been Seltzered? I mean, I just don't understand it. He might be the single worst. Brian Seltzer might be my least favorite. It's um, the Bolshevist clique. They and until the top Bolshevik, who used to be Walter Cronkite, but he's not there anymore, until the top Bolshevik uh, calls him out and arrests him and sends him to the Libyanka, then they stick, to, stick together and, and, and they have more power than everybody else. But until then, nobody's going to call them out. I mean, who's going to call them out? As I said, and American people don't even know where. My, my sister just told me, my sister's incredibly smart. My sister just told me that she had read that 50% of American high school seniors did not know where, oh, it was not my sister, it was my dear friend, Bob, did not know where the United States of America was on a map. Did not know where the United States of America was on a map. With this level, nothing, nothing can be impossible. And the way the ruination of the nation so you know what you would be amazing, Ben, is you going into schools with like 10 basic questions or <laughs> you going to adults on the left. What is the Continental Congress? You know, you're asking all these like just, you know, like what year was the war of 1812? Because I would I would imagine 80 percent of those same people would fail that question. Yes, um, yes. And if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to Ben Stein. I want to thank everybody in the YouTube chat. I will, I really, truly, I love you guys. Um, uh, I love the conversations we have. I would remind everybody to download the podcast, download Gary's podcast, simplelifenow.com. Google Nate Hockman, read his articles. They're really exceptionally good. Young Voices of America. 
Um, and of course, Ben Stein, spectator.org, read his columns and his stuff on Parlor. Um, they're really great. But I also really want to thank Jeff Rias, Jeff Rias, uh, Ben's helper and Ben's helper and friend, um, who makes when Ben's on location possible and he does an exceptional job. Thank you, Jeff. He's an exceptional Filipino food cook too. And um, I'm going to share some of his uh, links so people could order the Filipino food. He's an exceptional young man. And of course, Bob Noah over there, who's also a great cat. And on that note, welcome back. Bob Noah is an amazing guy. Welcome back to the world according to Ben Stein. And we're talking about tonight, we're talking, this is a very, this is the craziest thing conversation we're having. We're having a conversation about common sense when there is no sense. And how, and, and, and how it, we're looking at a future of American students, of American, it's just even students. These are 30, 40 year old people, Ben, who have no idea of history, who have zero idea of what Jim Crow was. They hear Jim Crow. I, I, I bet you, I, I, I don't bet, but I, I would venture to say, if you ask most people, Ben, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. If you no, said to them, Something having to do with the Republican Party. Or they think he was a baseball player that got banned. They would have Jim Crow. They would have no idea. If you, or if you, if you move up a level, it's, it's that they have been taught this really twisted, sort of perverse version of American history where all you need to know about us is our darkest moments and our darkest moments define oh. us. And all of the good things that happened were lies that were basically, you know, uh, con concocted to conceal the insidious power structures of bigotry and oppression that, that lurked beneath them, right? The Declaration of Independence was a lie, you know, uh, written by white property-owning men to, to conceal, you know, to help instantiate their own power. Uh, you know, uh, Lincoln, you know, it doesn't matter that he freed the slaves because he was mean to Native Americans, right? Like, you know, every, every single amazing, exceptional part of American history is sort of debunked and shown to actually be a lie or you know uh, um, perverse, and the, and there's this sort of endless obsession with with the worst moments of American history, and it's the sort of like the 1619 Project narrative, which I've talked about with you guys before, which is historically inaccurate, right? You know, saying that America was the American Revolution was fought to preserve slavery was refuted by historians from across the political spectrum, uh, but it doesn't matter. The New York Times doesn't have to you know issue a retraction because it's about power. It's not about truth. It's about they say it because it's it it advances you know the ideological cause, and that like. You have the sort of base problem, which is kids aren't living learning civics and they don't know about their own history. And don't know how to so, add. But that makes it easier. That makes it yeah. easier. Look, 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 that what Ben has just said is extremely the most important. They don't right. know how to add or There's no adding or some. They're incredibly uneducated. Period. I mean, we have there's a there's a movie that came out a number of years ago. What was it called? Idiotopia or something like that about an America where everyone is just incredibly stupid. And it's happened. It's already happened. It's real. And it's not just Americans who are uh, at trailer park parties and are smoking dope or smoking methamphetamine. It's people on the, in the news who are high-powered people in the news who have no idea of what's going on in real life, who have no idea of the history of America, who have no idea of the sacrifices that men and women in America made to keep America free. Example, example, big wifey and I have been watching for quite a while now, a very, very long documentary about the, the war in Vietnam. Very, very long, very long, very interesting called That Was Mom. The heroism, the courage that the man, men and women who fought that war put into it. It's just incredible. And we won many, many battles, considering we were being held back by the left wing in Washington. We won many, many battles due to pure heroism of the American fighting man and woman and their families. And yet the left endlessly told us we lost them or killed and creamed because we were morally bad. That is such a wicked, wicked lie. And yet that's what we're taught. No, I mean, it, 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 we, the lies that have been spewed, the revisionist history that, that you know, you could go back then no matter how many years Gary and Nate and look for flaws. That's all they do, is they look for flaws. They look for what's wrong. They, they, don't, they don't look at, you know, and, and we brought this up in the past, Ben, when you were younger, you, you guys didn't care or know about emissions. 
You didn't know about throwing food on, you know, junk on the side of the highway or seatbelts at a certain point, but you grow. I don't look back at you guys and say, oh, you guys are idiots. Seatbelts just weren't invented. And, and you, you, it's so bad the way they view our past, our present, and what will be our future. It's frightening what they're doing. I have a very close family member. First, I love like mad, heart's blood. Many years ago, decades ago, said, I don't know how much longer I can continue to live in this racist America. This is a woman who lives a life, appropriately enough, of a multimillionaire, since she is a multimillionaire, and a life of extraordinary, unbelievable privilege. No interaction with African Americans whatsoever of any kind that I'm aware of. And yet, she knew somehow this was a racist country. How did she know it? From the Bolshevist media. Hey, you know, Gary, I want to get to something we, we really didn't get to, and it's, it's really important okay. because it, this knife fight that happened with the taser, um, it's, 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 um, it's, it's a frightening proposition, you being in former law enforcement, and we were discussing this a little bit last week, and yeah. a cop shows up for, I want you to tell people, Let's say you're 30 feet away. How accurate is a taser? Not very. And not only that, but a taser is not 100% effective by any stretch of the imagination. And with the deadly force continuum, which obviously our media has no clue how it works, they may want to go to the Federal Law Enforcement Training Academy or somewhere and learn how the continuum works. But you don't, you don't meet deadly force with wrestling techniques it that's not how it works and the thing is that that cop saved that young girl's life plain and simple yeah. you come to a you come to a knife or a, a gunfight with a knife you're gonna get shot and anyone who thinks differently you come out wielding a knife and there is a well-known video of a instructor that we all we all in the academy we had to watch this over and over again I want to say it's, I may have the feet wrong, but it's 23 feet that you can get stabbed multiple times before you can get your gun out of your holster. Knives, I hate to tell you people, I can kill someone with a knife very quickly. Very, very quickly. You it's will never we regain far away. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying people are stupid. And, and the fact that they think that he should have tasered and the fact that LeBron James tweeted that out, yeah, that oh. cop needs to get the best attorney known to man and sue the living shit out of LeBron James. Shoot, sue the media because they cut the tape, they cut the audio, they played with everything. I'm on Ben's side now. Viable. And because this is an injustice. And I believe I'm a First Amendment guy big time. But if you are in the media and you put out a known lie, and you adulterate any video or audio on purpose to change the facts, you need to face a felony, a felony. You will go to prison if you do that. And not just you, your chain of command, you're all liable. Just, I want to put these pussies in the position of the cops because cops don't get paid shit. I'm telling you, it's a brutal job. And these stupid journalists I want to see them go to prison and 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 decide, you know, learn what the term, uh, I can't say it here, but F or fight means. <laughs> They'll learn real quick. Don't pick up that bar of soap, buddy. And matter of fact, you, you better stand with your back to the wall everywhere you go because these guys have no clue. And that's where we're at. I know I'm going on a little rant here, but this these are the people who think freedom is free and they have no blood and no sacrifice in this freedom. They take it for granted and they yell at the people who provide it for them. That needs to change. I'm on Ben's side. Sue the shit out of them, get some laws passed, let them go to prison and let them rot in a cell and see what it's like. See what and it's just, like to be on the other side. You're completely ben, right. I just want to tell people, I just want to tell people, Ben has had a very long time of traveling and he didn't sleep at all last night. I could attest to that. Um, since uh, we were conversing or I got texts. Um, and uh, it's, it, it, ready to go. Ready, ben is ready to go. And uh, 
but Ben, Gary brings up great focus, sir. You are out of focus. Gary brings up some great points. I know it's the it's the internet and buildings. Gary brings up some great points, Ben, about freedom. And they they don't the left. You're getting back to it. The sickness of the left. It's it's just fascinating. With all due respect, with all due respect, this is not a new thing. This has been going on for a long, long time. The left in this country has been opposed to freedom of speech for a long, long time. And I might add. The pro-government side in this country has been opposed to free speech for a long, long time. Go back to the Civil War. The Civil War was fought over an incredibly important principle, namely keep two, keeping the union together and freedom for human beings. It, is, it was an astonishingly giant event. Nobody pays any attention to it now. I have yet to hear any of the black spokesmen, my old friend Jesse Jackson, uh, that horrifying creep, Al Sharpton, anybody, the worst human being in the world, Maxine Waters, ever mention a word about slavery and about the freedom of the freedom that was earned by the blood of six or 700,000 white Americans. Nobody ever talks about that. Why don't we use that as a starting point and say, yes, we made some mistakes on the way between there and here, but no other country's ever done this. That's the thing. Cuba didn't do it. Denmark didn't do it. Germany didn't do it. Russia didn't do it. We are the only country where the ruling class sacrificed its sons and their families to give freedom to the enslaved people. Nobody else has ever done it. Why aren't we given gigantic kudos by the rest of the world and by history for that? And start with that and say, and now, today, incredibly, on, on uh, Bloomberg, I think it's called, Bloomberg TV, I see a, a black man who's the head of some gigantic consulting company complaining there are not enough black men who are in positions of, of uh, CEO status in giant American corporations. Wait a minute. Everyone knows they're given preferential treatment. That's not a secret. That's not a surprise. If they're not at CAO level, it's because they're not qualified to be at CEO, sorry, CEO level. There's the idea that the, these people are being repressed for being black instead of being promoted and favored for being black. It's a joke. That's a ridiculous joke. And Ben, you don't have What's to go back that, that far in history. Ben, well, you no, don't I want to say this. But it's a fact. Blacks, blacks in America are the most prosperous in the world. That's a fact. That of is course. a 100% Great fact. Point. Of and, why, and why I've said this a million, billion, trillion times. There's a big, giant continent across the ocean called Africa. It's a giant continent full of natural And it is, any time the American black feels he's being oppressed here and would be more comfortable there, he can go back there. I don't want him to. I like rock and roll. I like great sports teams. I like all the things that black people bring to America. Basketball wouldn't be quite the same, I think. But, but, it wouldn't be quite the same, but, the idea that they're kept here against their will in concentration camps uh, is crazy. I just go almost every day, to lunch, not every day, but almost every day to the Beverly Hills Hotel for lunch because it's only a couple blocks from my house. I won't be able to afford to do it much longer, so, but for a while I'm doing it. Uh, the place is full of African-Americans in Bentleys, just Lamborghinis, Ferraris. These are the oppressed people of America. What's going on here? What, where did that idea even come see, from? You raise a great point. And, and here's the thing you said. You're, you want them to go back 200 years. I let's don't. Go, I don't no, I no. Let's go. I want, I, want, I want them. Let's, let's take it. Let's make it easier. Let's go back to the civil rights movement. You guys don't know this, but Ben wrote a brilliant book or a movie called Murder in Mississippi, which was also the Mississippi burning, which was about the, the the two Jews and the black that got the black guy that got killed in the car, right? Um, what? By the Ku Klux Klan. By the Ku Klux Klan. And most people don't realize, Ben. Most black people don't realize there is no civil rights movement without the Jews, right? They don't realize our influence. And so you want to go back even two hundred years? We don't need to. Be, the history of how the civil rights movement has started has been distorted. So not just how many, all the things you brought up, 
within we 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 distorted sixty years ago, and that's and and that just shows you even in schools that kids aren't being taught this is 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 disgraceful and frightening. Yeah, no, no, you're not you're not wrong, and I mean the look whites in America, some of them have been incredibly horrible to black. There's no doubt about that. We cannot argue about that. It's true. But some have been incredibly wonderful. And nobody, as I said before, has ever fought a war, the likes of which has never been seen in the Western Hemisphere, over getting rights for the subjugated class. Only the United States of America did that. That was magnificent, bloody, but magnificent. No one ever gives white people or the United States of America credit. Never. Gary's point was brilliant too. And I, 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 I want you to say it again because it was really brilliant. Say it one more time, Gary. Which part? That, that blacks I'm are the most prosperous in America yeah. by far? Yeah. Not only that, but you know who is responsible for the killing of the most blacks? The blacks. blacks. That's another fact. Well, why don't we work on that instead of worrying about, you know, uh, white cops going out and slaughtering blacks on the streets every single day, which is complete and utter nonsense. Over it, statistically, if you look at the, the police contacts with with blacks in the U.S., the numbers are point zero 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 zero. I mean, it's so far off the charts. And, and even with those, the ones that are unarmed, they don't talk about the ones that were trying to run them over with a car, you know, trying to trying to bash them over the head with a board. I mean, it's ridiculous. Do we have do we have racial tension in this country? Yeah. Is it per, pretty much predominantly because the left is trying to rally everyone against, uh, you know, the systemic racism? Yeah. But the problem is there's racism everywhere in the world. That is a human trait. And I don't say that it's right, but it is a fact. Every ethnic group has faced some sort of racism during their history on the on this time the planet the neanderthals for god's sakes were knocked out by homo sapiens for golly how far back do we have to go with this crap i mean it's to the point where i just don't even know what to say anymore are people just burying their heads in the sand I yes mean, they are burying their, their heads are being buried and squished in the sand by black lives matter and the amazing number of fools who support them. I mean, uh, Lenin, I think it was, Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, said there are various kinds of people in the West who are helpful to us, and some are what we call useful idiots who are uh, actually who actually uh, believe in communism and think it's a good thing, and they're idiots because communism is going to kill them, but they're useful idiots. Nate, I want to get to you, then I want to ask if I should ask a very politically incorrect question, and if you think I should, but Nate, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say uh, to add to, to Gary's uh, very cogent point is, you know, America, there there is racism everywhere. It is a it is a fundamental feature of, of the human condition. Uh, and of course, there there will always be racism in America. But America is the least racist country, at least the, the least racist, racially diverse country in the history of the world. And we should be willing to stand up, you know, with our shoulders straight and courageously say that. It is now, it is, it is that you will be ridiculed in the public square for just pointing that out now, right? But it's true. And we should be able to say the truth, right? This is this is the greatest country in the history of the world for any race to live in, right? It's the least Absolutely. racist country in the history of the world that has any type of racial diversity whatsoever. And when, you know, progressives and, and leftists say, well, we should be more like Sweden, Sweden's 90% white. You want a white ethno state? That's what you want, right? Like a lot of our problems come from our diversity, but I thought we're supposed to like diversity, right? But in Sweden, that's great. That's great. Terrible, terrible problems with non-white immigrants and that rapes of those cute uh, blonde Swedish girls by white uh, immigrants has become a real crisis in Sweden. And there is a there is a very uh, increasingly popular far right movement in Sweden as a result. Yeah. Real like real Nazis like are, yeah, are, real, uh, they're, exactly. they're winning they're winning seats in parliament. So the idea that Sweden is this like progressive utopia, you can see that it's because it's all white people, right? And the second that you inject non-white people into there, all of a sudden Nazis pop up, right? So like this is like you know that you can't you can't say I love diversity 
And also we should be more like Sweden because, you know, it's, it is, it is Not hard to, to live with exceptional like points. It's hard to live in a country with lots of different people who speak different languages from different cultures and different backgrounds. And we as Americans, by and large, have actually figured out a way to do it. And that's a miracle. I mean, that is- No one else has ever done. No one else. Okay. And, and that's something that we don't talk about anymore. Okay, so guys, I have a question. I'm gonna ask this question. You don't have to answer it on the grounds that it could incriminate you. But we do have proof and we do have data of what reparations do, of what giving land back does, and how it destroyed a nation, which is the ending of apartheid. Now, we saw the ending of apartheid in Africa then, um, and it literally has destroyed the, 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 the damage that it's done. And I'm not saying anybody should have been slaved, but what I am saying is, the way that situation was handled of just giving back the land and, every, and the repercussions that have happened from it have been devastating. Well, that, they've been devastating indeed. And South Africa is the only really industrial, successful, politically liberal country in uh, Black Africa or South Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, of course, they had a terrible, terrible repressive system called apartheid. There's, there's no doubt it was a terrible, cruel system. There's no question about that. But to suddenly throw up in the, the keys of the kingdom to the African, uh, especially African-Americans, to the Africans and say, okay, now that all this stuff is yours, that didn't work. Yes, they should absolutely have gotten political power in South Africa. There's no question about that. They're the great majority that should have gotten political power, but they were not trained. They were not educated to handle it. There's been fantastic corruption, uh, something Something seriously wrong there and the idea that reparations are going to fix it didn't work. It never worked anywhere. Yes, the reparations paid to the Jews by the Nazis, that did work because the Jews were already well-educated and extremely self-disciplined, so that did work. But reparations paid to people who do not have a history of education and self-discipline has not been shown to be a success. But more than just reparations, Ben, land given back, it, just, just, it, it, it was like you gave somebody um, I, I, you gave somebody this beautiful thing and you said, you don't have the tools of how to work it, but here you go. And, and here we are right now in South Africa where it's just, uh, where it's just a mess. Gary Collins, if you feel comfortable talking about what I just brought up. Well, I just will leave it at this. Free shit is never free. So that's uh, all I have to say. That's, that's that's lovely, Nate. You don't have to chime in. Just no, 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 no. I'll, I'll talk about anything. I mean, I, I have sort of a heterodox answer here, which is like I'm not actually doctrinally against reparations in theory. People forget Ronald Reagan signed a reparations bill for the Japanese Americans who had been interned by FDR. Um, so it's not like I, I think it's not the worst way for a nation that has done a wrong to a particular group of people to try to make amends for that. But there are you know, practically speaking, there's like a bunch of huge issues, right? And, and philosophically speaking, the difference in like between the, the Ronald Reagan uh, reparations bill for the Japanese uh, and like a, a reparations bill for the descendants of slaves, like that reparations bill that Reagan signed was for the actual people who had been put in camps by FDR, not their great, 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 great grandchildren. Um, so a, it's a, it's it is uh it's it is not like America did anything bad to the people that would get reparations here like they did uh, in in that bill. Um, and also, just practically speaking, I don't know how you determine like does Kamala Harris get reparations, right? Like you know, if you have, if you have one percent, the know, Native Americans actually do have this great scale, and I know that they where you, if you're like one of it, you get a certain stipend. They actually have it, Gary. You know what I'm referring to, right? They have it. Yeah, I have my town I grew up in is is Indian reservation. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, they have it. Like, but trust me, they'll, 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 they'll never figure it out. Ben Stein, final thoughts or what are you thinking about? I, the Japanese reparation situation was completely different because what what the government gave back to them was what had been theirs and was seized at the beginning of World War II. And we gave that or the financial equivalent of that back to them. The present reparations bill that's being discussed is to just write a blank check to all people who are uh, in any part African-American, whether they had any property in the first place. And that's, 
I, that's just going to be the equivalent of each of them winning a lottery. And why it is that, for example, the people, a uh, guy sitting to my right, Jeff Reyes, who's from the Philippines, why his family never owned any slaves in America, my family never owned any slaves in America. Why would we have to pay back anything to anyone? I, I don't understand that at all. What I do understand is something does have to be done about the blacks in America. And I think that condescending to them and treating them as if they're spoiled babies instead of expecting them to behave like the disciplined, intelligent people that they can be uh, is a big mistake. No, it's a brilliant point, Gary. And I don't even, I don't even, who would want, I mean, I guess there are a lot of people who would want, I'm asking like the dumbest question in the world, who would want free money? But um, this, as you said, nothing's free and the damage of, of reparations is gonna be far worse than what's going on right now. When you open Pandora's box, I mean, if if you're going to, if they're going to pay reparations for, for to blacks, then I think I what you're going to do is every group who's ever faced any kind of racism in this country, Italians, the Irish, I'm Irish, you know, it just, it's never going to end. And you could see those groups because now what you have is precedence. You're going to set precedence then. And if any group can prove that they were harmed, even though none of us were alive then, we can prove that, well, we should legally be able to get reparations as well. Am I wrong, Ben? You're not wrong. You're not wrong in the slightest. And, uh, but it just opens up a can of worms and makes it incredibly complicated. Look, I, I, I was recently uh, blackballed from uh, being a member of the uh, El Dorado Country Club uh, in, uh, in New Wells, California, because I'm Jewish and uh, it hurt my feelings a lot. And uh, I was missed out on some very fine meals. I'd like some reparations for that. Why can't I have those? And it hurt well, your golfing handicap. Right. The, the other thing, and this is like the other sort of objection that I have to it, again, despite being like not sort of knee jerk against it in theory, is, is the fact that it wouldn't, it would not make anything better because these are not people who will sort of pack up and go home once they get their reparations bill, right? Like Ta-Nehisi Coates and, you know, the, the, the Black Lives Matter leaders and the Black activist class, like they're not going to stop doing what they're doing. They're not going to stop burning down cities because they got a reparations bill, right? Like it's, it's not, it is, this is, it's, it's, again, it's about power and it's about what you can make people do. So once they make you do that, they'll just try to make you do something else. And it's not, there's not, there's no atonement that will actually happen. This is like, we've talked about this before on, on, on the show, um, you know, actual African-Americans are much more conservative um, uh, than most demographics in America, actually, and certainly than like the activist class. So, you know, most African-Americans, I think, would actually, you know, they'd feel like, well, you know, this is great. Uh, you know, I, I feel better about my country, you know, now that I've gotten a, a formal apology. Um, but the activists who claim to speak for them will continue to agitate until the day they die. They're not interested in, in a tone. By the way, just so you know, I think you're using the wrong word. And I had a discussion with Ben about this because we were fascinated about what you said. They're not conservative. They're religious. And there's a big difference. It, there, there's, a, there's a, a very different line. They have religious values. They don't have, as you would call it, politically conservative values. Well, they, they, they do in some way. I mean, there's, there's the people talk about religious conservatives, right? So that's like, they're more pro-life. Uh, right, no, but I mean, that's, that's even, right. But that's, oh, so that's religious conservatism. That's not conservatism. I'm but they're, about, all, they're, they're oh, also, I mean, we, I, I, I don't know if I brought this up, but like, this is a really staggering statistic. Um, white liberals are further left on race than blacks are in America today. White liberals are more likely to say that if a black person can't get ahead, it's because of racism than black people are which is insane, right? It's an insane statistic, but it's, it's true. It's, I mean, this is, this is a pew. Uh, so there's there, and there, you can go down the list of like any other number of, of issues, but like wow. on the issues, they actually are pretty politically conservative, but they vote for Democrats nine out of 10 times. Cause they sort of feel like that's their party and the Republican party is racist. And you know, that's, that's just the way things go, but they're not, it's not just that they're religious, although that's a big part of it. They're actually a very conservative group of people by opinion poll. Um, I, I, will, I will have to trust you. Ben Stein, final words. This is still an incredibly great, wonderful country, and I think we should spend every minute we have left on this planet, at least part of every minute, thanking God on our knees 
for uh, being allowed to live in this incredibly great country and for being allowed to live under a free enterprise system under the constitution. It is a miracle in the history of mankind. I agree, Gary Collins, final thoughts. Fight for your right to party. That's <laughs> Nate Hockman, final I, thoughts. I can't really say it better than Ben and Gary, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I just want to end on this because I said I would always tell a story at the end of every show of an impactful thing, of an incredible thing that I saw Ben do um, or witness. And um, it's extremely important. This is 17 years ago, and I've probably shared this before. We were dog walking on the street um, and Ben was sharing with me how he had donated money to Al Franken's campaign. And me being in my mid to late 20s, couldn't understand how Ben Stein could, could donate money to this liberal leftist. And Ben said to me, he said, when I was starting out and Al Franken was a big help to me. And I remember that and I was loyal to him. And that's Ben Stein. And that was the lesson I learned today. And this is a lesson, Ben, I wish you could impart upon every American because that was a really special lesson you taught me. So not okay, always about... It's not about party always, it's about friendships and it's about bonds. And you understand that better than anybody. Well, God bless you, Turner. God bless you, God bless you. Oh, well, I danced, I danced till a quarter to three when they had that night with Daddy G. We were dancing, we were rocking, we were dancing all night to the sounds of Gary Bonds. So that's Bonds. Gary that's, U.S. Bonds. That, is that, that's the song for the tonight? That, that's your song. Okay, Gary, God bless you, everybody. Have a great night. God, God, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless America ever and over and over again. Amen. Amen.